Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How's everybody doing today? How many love church like this? Amen. I love church like this. This actually makes me go home and just feel so blessed like we really did church because it's about people's lives being changed, isn't it? It's about people finding freedom and people are bound today and they need the grace of God to set them free. We're going to see so many manifestations of the Spirit in this hour. People are gonna be delivered of demonic oppression right here. They're gonna be delivered of demonic possession, of addictions, of things that are gonna be so supernatural that only God could have done in this hour, amen. And that's what our hearts have been crying out for for many years over this church. It's in a very exciting time. And I know now why the devil was wrestling so hard to shut churches down. Because it's gonna be the greatest hour of the supernatural church of Jesus Christ, amen. Because there's definitely a false power out there. There's a, a, a sorcery spirit. We talked about it a couple, a couple weeks ago, a witchcraft spirit. There's an antichrist spirit over our country. And we need the real God to show his self and to show his power. And we have committed here at Faith Builders that we will allow the Holy Spirit to move, amen. Because that's what the church of Jesus looks like. It's what it looks like. And you know, I don't know what God's gonna do in the future or how church is gonna look. I just promised the Lord I would follow him and I would obey him and I would have the church that he would want. So Faith Builders may not be this perfectly little order church and I can promise you I wouldn't want it any other way. I was standing over here praying for someone and I heard somebody over here getting freed, somebody else praying over here. It's kind of like my dad calls that chaos under control. And that's what church should be about. It should be about chaos under control, under the control of the Holy Spirit. And I'm ready for that. I don't want emotionalism. I don't want hype. I don't want us just getting all good in our flesh. I want the true move of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, people are getting set free. They don't leave the same. Doesn't mean they've got to, you know, we've got to renew our mind with the word and all of those things. But when we see people delivered, when we see you filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a move of God coming. Amen. And I know you're as ready for it as I am. So Father, we thank you for this time that we have just to share the word today. I thank you for this church. I thank you for faith builders, God, that we've been set apart for such a time as this. That God, we will not look, we will not look like a normal church, but we will look like the church you called us to be. And we just receive that assignment and we say yes to that assignment, God. And we love you. Let the word of God encourage us, challenge us, provoke us today. And we love you and careful to give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to share a little bit with you today. I have a little bit of time on my hands. I'm excited with some events we're coming up on October 31st. We have a wonderful Family Harvest Sunday. So bring out all your friends and their kids, and we have games and candies and a chili cook-off we're going to have, and uh, I guess they're giving away some money and all kinds of fun stuff. So that's going to be a good time. Amen? 
Now let's go ahead and get into the word this morning. I've been doing a series on uh, detoxing your soul. Um, how many have been enjoying this series? I hope that you have. If you've missed any of them, this is only number three, but I really, really encourage you to jump online and listen to the past ones. Um, I'm getting so much response and testimonies of what God is doing in people's souls because we really need a time for God to heal our souls, don't we? We need to detox our souls. We're so good about taking care of our physical body. Well, you know, we try to anyway. We know we need to detox our physical body, but we need to stop and remember we need to detox our soul. And we really need the power of God to come in and to clean us out and get rid of that garbage. And so this week we're going to be talking about the tortured soul. And it sounds a little scary, but it's not. I remember in high school, uh, I went to this brand new high school, and when I was growing up, my name was Barbie, and I was called Barbie. I was called Pastor Barbie until I was like 35. That was so odd, but nonetheless, I couldn't get away from it. Finally, I did, but my name was Barbie growing up, and I went to this new school, and um, they called out Barbie Pruitt, you know, on the register, and you say, here I am, you know, and these real girls in front of me were mean girls, and they were snickering, and they were making fun of my name and probably because I was the new girl too. But there was this one particular girl who just began to bully me. And it seemed like I couldn't go anywhere. And she was hunting me down in the hallway. She was hunting me down in the classrooms. And she was real taller than me because I wasn't, I was really short, obviously. And and so she'd tower over me and she'd be like real cool and she'd be mean to me. And she'd be like, I'm gonna kick your bleep. And she'd say the, you know, bad word. I'm gonna kick your bleep. And so, and I, I dodged the hallways, I dodged out of the bathrooms. And this girl was just like torturing me and it was driving me crazy. And I remember one day I went into the bathroom and there she was. She found me in the corner of the bathroom and I'm looking up at her and, you know, she's bullying me again and trying to intimidate me and being mean. And she said again, I'm gonna kick kick your bleep. And I looked up at her and I'm like, kick my bleep and get it over with, you know? <laughs> and I said the naughty word too, you know? I was so tired of this bully torturing me that I had to stand up to her, you know? And we became friends. She's like, I like you, you know? She likes me. We're still friends today. We're, you know, we still correspond today. But there's times of our tortured soul that we got to stand up to that bully, that we got to say enough with you beating me up, making me feel insignificant, making me, reminding me of my, my past and I'm not good enough. It's time for you to stand up to your bully and say enough is enough. Amen. Draw a line in the sand because God wants to free up our souls so that we can be confident in the Holy Spirit to whatever's trying to torture you and your soul. It's time to be free of that thing. Listen, we don't have time to be looking back. We don't have time to be worried about what other people think about us. We don't have time to be in comparison and envy and jealousy. We just have to stand up and be true to who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. So in Mark 8 verse 36, it says this. What good is it for a man to win the whole world? Like what good is it to have everything on this world, everybody to like you, all the likes on Facebook, to be popular or whatever it is you're longing for? What good is it but to lose your soul? What good is it to worry about what anybody else thinks if your soul is not happy? You can be living in a million-dollar home and your soul still not be happy. Amen? You could be married to a fine-looking woman or man, and your soul still not be happy. 
Because our healing comes from the Lord, amen? So we have to be willing to say, God, what's in my soul that's torturing me that I can't see through the past, I can't see through my failure and who God says that I am? You know, as Christians, it's so easy for us to put on our Christian face, isn't it? We come into church and we put on the smile and we look good on the outside and we can praise God and we can love God and have Christian conversations and all those things and on the inside be so tormented. On the inside be lonely, depressed, feel like a failure, feel like you're not a good husband, feel like you've let your children down and we hide this soulless part of us and we keep pushing it under the rug and God is saying, just lift up the rug. Get out the soulless garbage. Let's detox it so that you can see who you are in Christ so you can live the life that God has assigned you to live. Amen? Paul in Scripture, we, we find this in Romans 7 verse 15. In this Scripture, as Paul is sharing, he was tormented with his life. And he says this, I do not understand what I do. Has anybody ever said that? Why do I keep doing what I'm doing? I don't like this pattern. I don't like this behavior. I don't like what I accept in my life and how I let people treat me. Why do I keep doing what I do? For what I want to do, I don't do it. Can anybody relate to him? Like you want to do good. He goes on to say, but what I hate, I do. See, I believe all of us have this torment on the inside of us that we want to do right by God. Can somebody say amen? We want to serve God. We want to live righteous before the Father. We want to make the right choices in every area of our life. If it's people that we're dating or financially or business or whatever it is, we want to be faithful to God. You want to come to church on Sunday. You want to serve and you want to give. But what happens is we've got this imbalance of our soul that is miserable, that is tormented, that the devil keeps lying to, and you wonder why we can't see what God sees is because we're dealing with this soul that's being tormented that you're simply not good enough, amen? And I believe that we're living in this time that God is truly calling the church to this stance of righteousness, to this stance of really hearing his voice, not hearing legalism, not hearing the law because Jesus fulfilled the law, but there is a call of the Spirit coming to the church of Jesus for a call of repentance, a call of conviction on the inside of our hearts where maybe there was a season where we could just live and do this and maybe swipe some things under the carpet, but the Holy Spirit's trying to bring conviction to our hearts so that we can detox the soul to get rid of that garbage to really step up and be who God's called us to be, amen? So we've got to get rid of that tormented soul on the inside of us because what happens is we'll look normal on the outside and we're privately dying on the inside. And I'll look around the church and go, where did they go? What happened to them? Because they came to church, they were happy and serving, but they never dealt with the soul. And God is calling us just to get real with him, amen? And I'm going to hopefully help you navigate through this today so that you can find freedom. But I believe the areas of our life that the Holy Spirit is convicting us in and troubling our hearts for the things that trouble him is a really good thing. Sometimes we see that, feel that conviction of God when we know where God's trying to align our life, right? And every one of us has a different place that the Holy Spirit's aligning our life in. 
And listen, this is not about being sin conscious because I am not a sin conscious preacher, but I am a righteous preacher. And there comes a place in our walk with God that our hearts have to be so bent to God that when he's troubling us, when he's convicting us, if it's a pattern of anger or rage or maybe spending money too much or whatever it is that God's trying to align, we need to have that sick feeling on the inside of us. And yet we want to live every day and go, God, take that away. And God's like, I'm not going to take that away because that's actually my Holy Spirit troubling your heart so that I can get that garbage out of you and you can rise up and be who I've called you to be. Amen? We've got to allow God to go in. So we may say to God, God, I'll never do that again. You ever done that? I'll never do that again, God. I promise. Just get me through this. And then what happens? We do it again. And we love God. And we want the things of God, but because our soul isn't healthy, we find ourselves falling prey to the things that we don't want to do, just like Paul said. This is nothing new in in life, right? If Paul wrestled with it, we wrestle with it. But we have to realize that I can face these things in my life, and I can find freedom of these things in my life. Amen? So we can put our church face on and look good. We can talk the vernacular, vernacular, but we've got to... Talk truth to God, amen. So let's look at this really quick. First Peter 2.11. And this is a freeing message. It's not a condemning message. First Peter 2.11 says this. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world. What does that mean? God's saying, listen, you're not part of this world. You live in this world, but you are aliens of this world. We don't have to participate like the world participates. We don't live like the world lives. Now, I'm not talking about throwing a bunch of rules at you, but I'm talking about when the Holy Spirit begins to convict us of things in our life, we need to let the Lord deal with those things in our life. The world has sunken so deep into the church that we really can't tell the church from the world. And we're like, it's because we love everybody. And there's the grace of God. And there was a season of the church that, yes, we could get away with those things. What I'm challenging you today is there is a voice of repentance coming to the house of God. So let's not be so dull in our hearing that when he's troubling us, you can think, well, I was able to dismiss that before so I can dismiss it today. And I'm here to tell you that's not what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's separating the church from the world. And you just need to say, God, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say to me. I'm not going to tell you how you should live. I'm not going to tell you what you should be convicted of. Because my relationship with Jesus is way different than your relationship with Jesus. You should say amen to that. Because God's got me like on this tightrope. No, I'm just kidding. He's a free God. But God wants to, he wants you to know you are not of this world. We've got to get rid of that compromised spirit that's in the church. Amen. We've got to allow the spirit of God to infiltrate our hearts once again. Trouble my hearts for the things that trouble you, oh God. We want that heart. And God's only doing it not to press you down and make you feel worthless. He's trying to set you free. Right? So let's continue to read. Dear friends, I urge you as urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires. Why? Because those sinful desires, that word translates, troubles your heart. See, we weren't created to sin. 
We were created to have relationship with the Father. Now we have grace and forgiveness and we should receive that. But when we're chasing the sinful desires and we're allowing those to fulfill the lust of our flesh instead of the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit, we are troubled. Why? Because the only thing that can excite us, the only thing that brings hope and healing is the troubling of the Holy Spirit. So it goes on to say, um, those simple desires which war, what do they do? They war. What is the devil doing? He's warring with you. There's a military battle going on in the spiritual realm right now, and it's warring. The world is pulling, and the Holy Spirit is pulling, and the world is pulling, and the Holy Spirit is pulling. And which one will we allow stronger in our life to say, God, I'm going to knock this out of my life, I'm going to get rid of this generational curse. I'm going to get rid of this pattern, not because I can be perfect and I want to be the law, but I want to be free like the Spirit of the Lord says. I can be free where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. I don't have to be bound in my soul by disappointing myself. I can be free in Christ Jesus. So it goes on to say that war is against your what? Your soul. See, your spirit loves God. Your spirit's going to heaven. Your spirit is what we stir up when we pray in the Holy Spirit. But what is the guiding force of your life? Your soul. Your soul is the steering wheel. So if your soul feels failure, guess where you're going? Right back to failure. If your soul feels like you can't break that addiction or that control in your life, you're going to go right, right back to that control because why bother trying? Because we can't see God possible in our life. Amen? And when you look at that word against, and I thought, that's an interesting word. I studied it out yesterday, and it means this, that war against your soul means down. The word against means down. It means towards. It means along. And it means um, throughout. So what is the devil coming? He's warring on every side of you. There's no place that the enemy isn't coming against the believers of Jesus Christ right now. He's warring in every direction. And what does he do? He uses the closest things to us, the things that will torture our soul, right? So let's look at that. What tortures our soul? I'm going to give you two things quickly this morning. Number one, we're tortured by the things we've done. There's the things of the past that keep torturing us, those things that we wish we wouldn't have done or we wish we wouldn't have experienced, or we wished that parent wouldn't have walked out on us, or we would have had the double parents in our life, right? There's these things that we wish we wouldn't have experienced. And I want to share this story today um, without saying any names, but there was a, a young girl that came to me a couple days ago, and she had done something that she knew she shouldn't have done, and she did it anyway because of the pressure and didn't know how to say no, and she was a little girl. But there was something on the inside of her after it was all said and done that she said, I shouldn't have done that. And she felt really yucky. And she was troubled for a few days. And, and she wished she wouldn't have done it. And she wished she'd have stepped up and, and told the truth. And it wasn't anything horrible on her part. She was pressured in. But what I loved about that, and I explained to this little girl, is that feeling that you have is a good thing. Because, and I told her this, if you wouldn't have had this yucky feeling and I wish I wouldn't have done that and I wish I'd have stepped up for what I knew was true, that would be something you should be worried about. And we need that on the inside of us. I've always said that if I didn't have conviction somewhere in my life, I would be very troubled because that means somewhere I'm not in tune with the Holy Spirit. 
Because the Holy Spirit is always speaking. He's always moving. He's always trying to get us to a better place. Amen. So we've got to let go of the things that we've done in the past. And something we learned about David is David was carrying the pressure of his sin when he committed adultery and he committed murder. And in Psalms 38 verse 3, it says this. My bones or my soul have no soundness because of my sin. It means no wholeness. I'm empty. There's something void in my life because of the sin that I'm carrying. Listen, there's things that you may have, well, yes, Jesus has forgiven you, but have you forgiven yourself? Have you let it go? Remember the same grace that brought you to the cross is the same grace every time I mess up. All I got to do is I got to go to the cross. Quit ignoring it and say, God, here it is. Forgive me. I have sinned, and I want to do better, and I want to do right, and you're going to give me grace and empower me to overcome, but I'm not going to be tortured by the weight of the sin. I'm not going to be tortured by my mistakes. I'm going to put them at the foot of the cross. And David was carrying this sin. He said in verse 38, my bones have no wholeness because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. And we wonder why we as Christians have a hard time serving God. We wonder why we're struggling to make it through to the next Sunday. We wonder why we struggle through getting in the word of God and forgiving others is because we're carrying the burden of our past. And listen, there's nothing you can do about it. All you can do is give it to Jesus. All you can do is lay it at his feet, amen? Otherwise, this overwhelming feeling is going to overtake your soul. And as the church, we need to say goodbye to the past. Say goodbye to it. Don't let it have control over you anymore. And, and if you're working through, keep working through, but don't give up, amen? That word overwhelm means when you're overwhelmed, there's no inward strength to carry you because of the weight of that sin. See, you weren't designed to carry the sin. You weren't designed to carry the weight. Jesus took on the weight of the sin. Jesus took on the burdens of the sin. It's time for us to put that sin under the blood of Jesus once and for all. Amen? And that's why we find people falling away from church. It's not that they don't love God. They're overwhelmed by the weight of the sin in the world and the past, right? doesn't mean that they, um, when they stop serving or stop giving, they love God, but everything begins to cease when you're trying to carry something you're not supposed to carry. Amen? And there's things that we've gone through, whether we're angry or self-loathing or um, cheating or overspending or pornography, lust, sexual sin. These are things that are real in the world. We are bombarded on every side with sexual immorality. And addiction and pornography and all these things are bombarding the Christians today. And the only way that we are going to find freedom is through the blood of Jesus and saying, God, here I am, and I am struggling in this area, but I want freedom. I'm not going to hide it under the carpet. I'm not going to be ashamed of it anymore. And what happens in the church, we think, well, if you really knew what I'm hiding in my life, you would reject me. If you really knew, I could never get this secret out. Because if you really found out who I am, you probably wouldn't really love me. You don't have to raise your hands. But that's what we do in the church. We hide. And what happens? We get into secret sin. 
and we hide it from everybody else. And whenever there's secret sin, what happens? There's shame. There's anger. There's bitterness. There's unforgiveness. And that's exactly where the enemy wants Christians. Instead of going to the cross and saying, I'm not perfect, God. Here I am. I have the past, but I'm ready to be free from that thing. Amen. Why are we tortured? It's because we're carrying the things of the past, and it's time to let them go. And whatever it is. Number two, why, what tortures our soul? We're tortured by the lies we believe. Isn't that the truth? The devil whispers lies in our ears all the time. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. Why would God use you for anything? Why would God give you a helpmate? Why would God bless you? And there's all these little whispers of the enemy to where? Our soul. And that's why today I had you pray in the Holy Spirit. You've got the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit that when that voice of the whispers of the enemy comes, pray in the Holy Spirit and it reroutes those voices. We got to let go of the lies. You know what you need to do is say, you're right, devil. I'm not good enough, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not worthy, but because of the cross, he made me worthy, and I'm his kid. I carry his name. I carry his name. Reroute the lies of the enemy and say, yeah, you're right, but this is what God has done in my life. Amen? I want you to look at John verse 8, chapter 8, verse 44. It says this, the devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. Whenever you feel worthless, whenever you feel unforgiven, whenever you feel condemned, it's the lies of the enemy. Why? For there's no truth in him. There's nothing he can tell you that has truth, especially if it's been put under the blood of Jesus, because it's been cast into the sea of forgetfulness. Amen? When he lies, not if, when he lies, <clears throat> listen to this, he speaks his native language. Just let that sink in a minute. He's good at what he does. It's his native language. He's a liar. And he's the author of lies. But God brings truth, amen? So you have to recognize I'm not going to be tortured by his lies anymore. I have the truth of God. It's his native language for he is a liar and he's the father of those lies. Amen. We've got to recognize that if you were to take a, a fish tank and you were to put a piranha on one side and a fish on the other side, there was an experiment that was done. They put a clear divider between the two. Has anybody ever heard this before? They put a clear divider between the two, and that piranha would try to go get that fish and hit that, hit that shield, right? Try to on and on and on. I don't remember how long the study went. And one day, they decided to lift up the plastic um, divider. And you know that piranha never, ever tried to cross again because it was used to the boundary? How many of us live in that lie? You try to get free, it comes back and haunts you. You try to get through the past and you make a mistake. And you've gotten so used to being limited by the lies of the devil that you don't even try anymore. You live in the bondage. You live in the deception. You live being held captive by the devil when he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. God removed the barrier. Don't worry about the wall. Push through that lie of the enemy. Amen. He'll try to connect. The enemy will try to connect you to what you did. Listen to this. 
He's going to try to connect what you did and make it who you are. And God wants to separate those things. You are not what you've done. You are bought by the blood of the lamb. You are separated. Amen. But the devil will lie to you and say, well, I am what I did. If I did bad, then guess what? I'm bad. If I failed, I'm a failure. If I've blown it, might as well keep doing it. Can you all recognize this voice, don't you? It's the voice of the enemy. And then we buy this place of, well, this is just the way I am. Never going to change, never going to be free. This is just who I am. Well, I'm here to tell you today, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone in this room, every one of us, have paths that God redeemed us from, places God is still redeeming us from, and places he will continue to redeem us from. But we have to go to the cross. We have to go to repentance. Don't handle it on yourself. Give it to Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. You feel you have to take your secret to the grave, and really your secret is taking you to the grave. Not a spiritual grave. We're going through the motions. We're not happy. We show up at church because our souls are so miserable, and we're connected to the garbage of our past, and we're tortured. So let's tell our soul these two things really quick, and I'm going to get you out of here. Number one, it's better to confess your sins than to hide them. Just confess them to Jesus, amen? Continue to confess your sins to Jesus. In Proverbs 28, 13, it says, he who conceals his sin does not prosper. Quit concealing it. Confess it to God, right? That word prosper means you're not going to advance in your life if you're hiding sin. You're not going to make progress. You won't walk in prosperity when you're hiding the things God is just asking you to repent of, amen? But whoever confesses and renounces the sin, they find mercy, and I use this scripture verse when I'm praying for situations, if it's an open door or something, let's say I watch something that had witchcraft in the movie and the Holy Spirit is troubling me and he does do that many times, I'll just say, you know what, God, I call it sin. I renounce it. I call that sin and I ask you to forgive me and cover me in the blood of Jesus. Why? Well, I'm not going to own the sin. No, Holy Spirit's convicted me to renounce it. And what does that word renounce mean? I'm leaving it behind. I'm letting it go. I'm casting it at his feet. In other words, what I did is not who I am. I'm renouncing it. I'm calling it sin. And now I'm going to receive the mercy and grace and the forgiveness of God. That word mercy means this. It means a deep love. When you let go of sin, which is what the devil wants you to hang on to in shame, the opposite happens when you confess it to God. He says, I give you a deep love. And that means this, to love and be loved deeply. So when you are hiding in your sin, you can't feel love. You, you, don't, you can't be open and vulnerable because you're hiding in shame. But when you give it to Jesus, give it to him, cast it at his feet, he will cast it as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers no more, amen? But when you're listening to the lies of the enemy, it's like having food poisoning. Has anybody ever had food poisoning before? As soon as it comes in, it's going out every way it can. If you've had it, you know. It's like, get out of that body. Blah, and it's every which way but loose, right? 
That's how we need to be about the lies of the devil. Don't receive the poison of him. Say, no, I'm getting it out. I'm getting out, and I'm giving it to Jesus. Amen. Gosh, guys, I don't even have time. I'm going to, let me see where I'm going to close here. Number two, just really quick. Um, we talked about number one, confess your sins. Don't hide them. Confess them. Confess to God. Amen. And, and uh, I'm going to skip that part. Number two is Christ will set you free. Once you confess it, you have to know he has set you free is what I should have put. But he will set you free. And you feel like, well, no, this is just the way it's always going to be. No, it's not. Don't believe the lie that that's the way that you have to live. The son of Jesus can set you free. And that's why we have Celebrate Recovery. Get in the program. If you need some assistance, if you need some prayer and encouragement, we are here to love you back to life. But you have to be willing to receive it. Amen? The enemy will tell you you're never going to change. But you're going to say, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Greater is he that's in me. Amen? And you think, I'll never get out. It's too painful. And that's not the truth. When you cry out to Jesus, he forgives you. He forgives you. All he says is that you confess. And as we're on this journey, I've been serving Jesus since I was 18 years old. And he still convicts me of things that I say I need your grace for. I don't get in guilt and condemnation over it. I receive his grace. I confess it to him. God, forgive me. I can change that attitude. I can change the way I respond to somebody. I can change this pattern of my life. The Lord convict me and trouble my heart, amen? But we gotta be willing to know that God can forgive us. He doesn't hold it against you anymore. I think the greatest enemy we have is you, the inner me. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Let it go, amen? Just let it go. Hallelujah. Let me read this last scripture verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says this, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Listen, everything, everybody's tempted in some way or another. And I may not be tempted where you are, but I have my own. It's common to man because that's what the enemy wants, right? But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Hallelujah. You can stand up under it. There's always a way out. And his way out is his love, his grace, and his forgiveness. Amen. As I was sharing this, as I was preparing this this week, I saw many of us, probably all of us, but I saw this crossroad. And we're at this crossroad with God right now in our relationship. Some of us have been there for a long time. And it's this crossroad right now that we can either stay in shame, we can stay locked in the regrets of our past, locked in with the struggles of the sin that God's trying to free us from right now, or we can choose the road of Jesus. And we can say no more. I'm not going to be a victim of what happened to me in my past. I'm not going to be identified as a failure. And I wish I'd have done this illustration. I didn't think of it till this morning. And many of you have had, you've heard me tell the story of my dad with a stake in the ground. And I wanted to have a stake and like make it so super cool. But my phone will be our stake, okay? Is that this identifies the things you hate about yourself. The regrets, the shame, 
the whispers of the enemy. We all have them. And what we're doing is we're carrying them around like we own them. And they're mine. It's who I am. And what God wants you to do is take this that's identifying you, and you're going to put it over here. It's not me. I am not that. I struggled with it. I'm tormented by it, but it's not me. That's what forgiveness does. It takes away where the enemy tries to identify to you, and you say, it's not me. And there was many times before my dad, his was con the devil always hit him with condemnation and regret. And then when the devil would come, he'd, he'd put a stake in his backyard. And um, when the devil would hit him, he'd walk out to the backyard and he'd say, you're not me. You're not me. And he'd walk away. And that's what we have to do to our past. You're not me anymore. You don't make up who I am. You don't make up where I'm going. I'm forgiven by Jesus. And I'm receiving his grace. And this tortured soul is leaving me today. God wants you to have peace in your soul. Because when you have peace, you can hear God. When you can have peace, you're creative. You have witty inventions. You have ideas from God. But when we're tortured, there's so much noise, we can't even hear what God wants to do. It's time to calm that storm, amen. I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me because I'm saying it too. We're going to come fresh to Jesus today, amen. Let's come anew to Jesus today. Let's cast everything off at his feet. Everything that's troubling you, we're going to give it to the Lord today. I want you to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin, all the bondage, the lies, the deception. I receive your grace. I receive your mercy. I am free today in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise today. <clears throat> you are free. You are free today. That's why it's so important to find relationships, find fellowship, get involved in the men's group that's coming up, face sisters stuff. We need each other, amen. We need each other in this race of faith so we can build up and encourage one another. But I love you all so much. God bless you, and we'll welcome Pastor Paul.